Earthlings, welcome to another episode, video, whatever the hell you listen, watch, or hear for uh, us. It's and, distinctly uh, not a video. Well, yes, it's distinctly not a video, but, you know, hey, videos are cool. We'll just pretend it's a video, like we all could, right? We could slap a JPEG onto it. I guess but we could do that. then it wouldn't it'll, be a video, then it would that. be... It, it would be a video, but it wouldn't... Uh, so it's a anyways, video, it just wouldn't move. Hit. It's a video of a still image, and my name's Brett. And uh, what, uh, what are we doing today, Nick? Well, you see, we're doing our second parter, or our uh, follow-up video, if you will, of the the one episode that just recently came came out about the uh wonderful 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 ring world episode and we talk, talked about you know ring worlds and all this other cool stuff but we didn't talk about the man the myth the legend do you know who i'm talking about bert uh nicholas cage yes exactly nicholas cage our lord and savior the uh father of relativity the god of understanding Really, really, really complicated stuff. Nicholas Cage. That's exactly what it was. Thank you, Bert. You know, I uh I'm a big fan of his Ghost Rider movies. I'm not gonna lie. Did they made us did like they make a second one? They did. That was awful, but you know what? I'm a Nick Cage kind of guy, so it was like, the first right. one wasn't great. Did you ever see that movie with like Nicholas Cage as himself, and like he's just hanging out with Pedro Pascal doing goofy stuff. No, no, but I saw the episode where they're like tripping no. balls and like. No, 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 no! I saw, I saw the, the I saw commercial where they're tripping balls, and then it's like, what are they doing? They're they're like trying to jump a wall and. It's like Pedro Pascal just walks around with Nicolas Cage just fumbling. So it was like, what was okay, this movie very funny. It it looked kind of fun, uh, but I didn't see it. Like I'm not gonna pay money to watch a Nicolas Cage movie in theaters, you know. It was very fun. That, Did you see oh, the one is... where like he boned this lady? who was like the <sighs> never mind <laughs> it involves ghosts <laughs> and reincarnation or something it was really dumb no he was he was a trucker and oh, he oh. fell in love with this lady but then her daughter had like a near death experience and then Nick Cage's dead wife's ghost started living in the body of Nick Cage's girlfriend's daughter. Oh. Hmm. And then the house set on fire because what else could you do in that situation? I think I would because that sounds like it's like I I love you, babe, but. Your daughter is my wife. What can I say? Yeah, I'm... I'm the point is, is that I most Nick Cage movies now are bad. 
maybe they were never good. I mean, raising Arizona oh. was fun. That was like I don't think it's all that ages ago. That was fun. They kidnapped a baby. <laughs> they kidnapped a baby. Oh, how, how charming! Yeah. How nice. Yeah. Well, to like raise us their own. Oh. Well, you know what, Bert. And then think... John Goodman kidnaps it from them. <laughs> I kidnap your kidnapped baby. <laughs> yeah, these it's pl- like hot potato are, with uh, baby. Great. Yeah, they're not too great, my guy. The uh, I I I would say that Nick Cage. His movies... his career really went downhill after he discovered relativity. Yes, 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 he did. And I, I think that uh, Nick Cage is, uh, uh, he also goes by this really cool, you know, other name. And uh, do you know what that name is? Do you, Bert? Uh, no, Nick, I, I don't. What What is that? I don't, I don't know. I forgot. I was hoping you would know. No, it's Albert Einstein. So anyways, the the famous story is that Nicolas Cage was living in Switzerland in, like, 1905, like, working at the patent office when he first published a paper on on special relativity. And then what? He just made a deal with the devil and lost his soul, started, you know, driving his motorcycle across the, you know, Eurasia, and started swatting babies with uh, the local uh, government, I guess. Nope, that was Faust. Oh, that was Faust? My god. What's the point of making a deal with a literal devil if you can't, like, publish any good physics papers? Well, have you seen uh, have you you seen Oppenheimer yet? No, I haven't. Okay. So it has Albert Einstein in that, which I mean, oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's well, the uh, it, it's just kind of weird because when I think of uh, Albert Einstein, I I don't envision him. I envision a, a, like a different guy with like crazy hair and such, and this guy did not look like an Albert Einstein. Like the actor that is. Well, yeah, I mean he's an actor. Okay, but I just you find somebody. It'd be nice if it like looked like they did it in a. They had like that special one. Oh, so you could do uh, spooky Disney uh, CGI necromancy, like they did with. What's his face for Star Mark Wars? Hamill? No, that wasn't even Mark Hamill. It was uh, Peter Cushing from like the original Star Wars that they brought back from the dead with weird CGI necromancy. Jeez, I don't know that. And he, and he looked like he'd been necromancied too. Huh. huh. Yeah, like, uh, hmm. like. Tarkin, like the real evil guy in the first Star Wars, like the guy who stands around in a fancy suit, the, the real skinny guy with a British accent. Oh, this battle station is now fully operational. Yeah, the guy who looks like he hasn't 
eaten anything in two years. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, hmm. but they CGI'd him. So, like, there's video of Einstein out there, right? Like, I, I, don't, so. I don't know why you can CGI him. That'd be cool. I mean, in the movie, it's like you see what his formulas do, and he's like the. If Oppenheimer's the father of the nuclear bomb, Einstein is easily the grandfather. I I would say that that's that 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 would be a fair fair statement. No. Uh. He did have some hand in it. Uh, he did predict the weaponization of something like that, but uh, that's not really fair. I mean, H.G. Wells, like decades before, figured that there would be nuclear weapons in his in in the future, but his kind of worked differently. His were weird. Uh, by then they had like radium and Marie Curie and stuff like that. Like they knew this stuff had shitloads of energy lying around that could be like unleashed. You know that that they could turn matter directly into energy and all. But Oppenheimer and their them figured out how to do it really, really fast, make a big boom. Uh. H.G. Wells figured it was more like a weaponized nuclear reactor. Like, imagine you throw a grenade and it explodes, but it doesn't stop. It just explodes for years. For years? What the fuck? Yeah. Well, it's... Well, imagine instead of a nuclear bomb, you have one very small bomb, but, like, the same amount of energy released over longer time just less at a time oh did you ever hear about you know like uh, a nuclear uh, reactor like it's it's turning its mass and energy it's it's uh releasing this stuff but it's doing it much more slowly than a nuclear bomb yeah is it kind of have you ever heard of the story or the uh the, the phenomenon where i guess it was the soviets hit a uh this this i guess it was a pocket of gas methane and they lit it on fire and it's just been burning ever since yep forget yeah like like uh some kind of hell pit kazakhstan or something essentially I, I nice. could not. I tell think you they have stuff like that in Pennsylvania, don't they? Isn't there like a underground garbage fire still going on there? Or is it like uh, a coal mine or something? Yeah, I think uh, probably coal, coal mines coal can do that too. Yeah. Who fucking knows? The world's a crazy place, my guy. And all you want to do is, like, not have nuclear bombs going everywhere. The, uh, 
I will say when I think of Albert Einstein, I think of his famous equation E equals MC squared. A wonderful, That's true. wonderful equation. You know, you you know, you get hammered, and then you multiply your uh, your mass, and then you just have uh, you have e, whatever the fuck that means. You know, it's uh, it's yeah, a great formula. No, but it's really e equals mc squared. And Bert, would you like to tell them what that nice little equation stands for? And what it tells us. It means it's not that it means get to get hammered. Fucked. Oh, yes, we must get hammered. I love a good hammer. Hammers are good. Good for the soul. Good for the, you know, the nice veins. I, I think. I don't really know. The point is, is uh, tell, them, tell them what E equals MC squared. What is that, Bert? Well, I mean, the Broad strokes is, I mean, it, it's supposed to mean that energy is mass by the speed of light squared. Uh, and how, which, how fast is it? Uh, a bit. A bit. I'll fuck with that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like we said, talking about nuclear bombs and all that. Uh, that's what you're doing. You're turning matter into energy. And uh, that's uh, kind of the idea of it. Um, yeah, it's the, uh, wasn't it was it you? Yeah, it was probably you that I was talking to about this. Didn't Einstein's theory predict uh, time dilation and black holes and all that stuff? You know anything about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the mass energy equivalence thing is a little bit weird. I don't really know enough about chemistry to say that, like, no matter is destroyed like when you break these chemical bonds and stuff to get energy normally uh i mean in proton decay is kind of fun that's a pretty direct example of matter turning into energy every once in a while a proton will just get sick and die and just unravel into oh. energy poof uh that's my favorite. Man. I love it when that happens. What? What? Why does it do that? That seems really scary. Actually, uh, there's just a very small chance that it'll happen. <laughs> small chance that the entirety of our universe will unravel. Yeah, don't let everybody. Oh no! It's like one proton, like. Out of jillions, you know, it might go poof. Like it's, okay, it's so barely it noticeable. Like you need a you need a huge tanks of water underground and very sensitive equipment, you know, shielded from cosmic rays and all that. 
And if you're lucky yeah. after years, you might see one go boop. It's a pretty rare, pretty tiny thing. Okay. Why does proton decay happen? Well, um, when a mommy proton and a daddy proton love each other very much, they like to have uh, adultery happen. And um, then uh, mommy is now mad at daddy. And, and uh, mama slowly but sure starts to suck all the electrons out of daddy. And daddy no longer lives. Um, when that happens, they decay. A very nice, normal rate of decation. That's why, Bert. Did that answer your question at all? Yes. I'm so very happy. Yeah, but the mass energy equivalence is a little bit weird. It, like when you th normally think about like nuclear stuff, it's almost more like a like chemistry, like you're uh, making and breaking these bonds, putting them together and breaking them apart. Except it's more well, it's atomic. It's not molecular, you know. Like you're shattering and splicing together neutrons and stuff. You wouldn't think that there's too much mass being destroyed, but it seems to happen. I can believe it. Did anybody ever tell... Uh, uh, what, what gets dicey about it is that you get into like the speed of light as the universal speed limit. Yeah, how true uh, is that? Because, like, I mean, you really can't go faster than the speed of light. That's always kind of, like, ticked me off. It's like, can I, though? Yeah, it it puts a damper on all that Star Wars-type stuff, yeah. Um, like, I yeah, so it's, it's pretty well hard-coded into the universe. It is frustrating. Uh, but really Can weird we stuff starts to happen. Like, amongst, um, weird things happen when you try and approach the speed of light. Like, time will slow down for you. That's the big fun one to talk about. But also, like, your mass will start to increase. Like, you'll just okay. get heavier and heavier and heavier. And time will slow down for you. And, you know, you, you get into the rocket equation, right? Like, the heavier you are, the more shit you need to accelerate. Well, uh, by the time you get, like, 0.99999, whatever speed of light, like, to push you over the edge to 1.0, you would need, like all of the energy in the universe literally to do it. I mean, I've been going to garage sale to garage sale trying to get myself a new universe. You know, it'd be like it was just 
it's just about that time, you know. I, I think we just need a new one. At least that's what people tell me. I that that's a bit dicier. It seems to be a lot easier to take matter and smack it with a hammer and get energy out of it than it is to make it go splat. Dump enough energy into something that it gets heavier. Well, I mean, what's that famous? But the uh, whole. What's that? The whole what? I was gonna say, what's that famous? Um, that famous example that he uses with twins, right? You have one in a rocket ship, blah blah blah. I forget how it goes though. Do you remember? Uh yep. The idea is that the. F- faster you move the more time slows down for you uh it's it's pretty weird uh there are equations for this stuff out there uh they're pretty easy to play with if like you know what the variables are like they're they're not long or huge or complicated or anything like you can plug in speed of light and years and stuff and uh, say like, oh, well, yeah, then at this speed, it'll be this many years for me, but this many years for them. Uh, do, hey. to do. Hey, yeah, to do so if, if, yeah if, if you had one twin on Earth and one twin going to space, that is a significant speed of light. When the prodigal twin returns, he'll be younger than the other twin, maybe considerably so. Yeah, like that was what happened in uh, Interstellar. Uh, dude went off to space, fucked around, found out, came back, and his daughter was old. That was kind of cheating. He like went through a portal and then into black holes, sphere of influence or whatever, and that was enough for time to slow down a bunch. Really? Which is which is well, also I mean, true, which is a which is a little bit easier to wrap your head around, I think, that uh I've never think watched it. You have what? Oh my god. I'm not I've never like watched a, it, man. Okay, so most sci-fi movies are really bad. And yeah. the better they are, the more they trend to, like, you know, being Star Wars or something fun and goofy. But, yeah, Interstellar was good. It it had some fun dystopian stuff about, oh, in the future, you'll eat corn and you'll like it. Uh, but then like they corn, also right? had a weird robot and got time dilated. I think... I don't, there's a lot of like nonsensical shit about the plot, about, like, the corn and stuff, about why you have to go to space to save corn. Uh, Just gotta save that corn, you know. I, I, I love me some corn. I don't know, that... that Shit, I could have lived that. Um, 
It makes sense if you're if you're into science. All right, Bert. If you're so an engineer, anyways, like, speaking of engineers, we're nice and comfy that with the idea that gravity is constant, that gravity is nine point eight meters per second, or whatever yeah. it is in freedom units. Uh but really that's not quite true. Really, that's just the gravity on Earth in space. It would be sort of zero. On Mars it would be something less. On Jupiter it would be a lot higher. The same thing kind of works for time. But what? Like yeah, like time would flow slightly faster on Mars and slightly slower on Jupiter. Uh, and this just works. You get into space and time being kind of the same thing, kind of being exchangeable, kind of being intertwined. Uh, yeah, they do it with satellites. Uh, that's a fun and easy way to uh, look at it. There's videos out there. Of like, here are two very, very good clocks, and we'll keep one on the ground and send one into orbit on a satellite, and the one in orbit will tick slightly faster, but good enough for the clock to measure. Jeez. Yep. Okay. That's kind of crazy to me. I, I mean. When you think about all these it's, things, it's kind of crazy to a lot of people. It's it was sort of flabbergasting. You know, you think of you you want to think of time and space as being, you know, pretty static, pretty Cartesian. Uh, the idea that they're flimsy and warpable and stuff is pretty weird. I like warpable. The uh, were you the one that told me that because the like if you go near the pyramids of Giza, right, the time is different, like it, it it's oh so ever so much faster, like just like to the millisecond or like whatever is low millisecond, right? And you're you know, I think it was you who told me that like because the pyramids are so massive, it has an effect and. I was like, I th- you you're just reminding me of this, and I'm like, holy shit, this is kind of cool. Uh, is that true? You the one that told me that. It it maybe that might have been like an example, like of a uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if you could measure it. They they're able to do it with satellites. They're able to because you have to have your satellites be very precise for your GPS to work. Where the fuck. Uh, so it's important to know if it's a few microseconds off or whatever. Uh, could you measure it if if you're next to something like Pyramids Giza, where it only weighs a few jillion tons? I don't know. Maybe. You might have... that. That's sort of working on Newtonian logic, where you're going to pull on the pyramids and the pyramids are going to pull on you. You might have a better effect... Uh, if you had one clock at, like, the bottom of the Marianas Trench and one top, one clock on top of Mount Everest, 
Like if your altitude hmm. was different enough to uh, uh, if if you were able to distance yourself from the core of the Earth, you could uh, feel less acceleration due to gravity and get your talk clock to tick a little slower on top of Mount Everest. That might be a hmm. better example. What do you know about time dilation? Like, does that have any effect on what we're talking about? Because I remember we were... Well, that, that is what we're talking about, about time okay, slowing so down and speeding up. So that, that, that's time dilation. Okay. There was a scene... I, I, cause I remember I saw it in a fucking reel on Facebook or something, and it was like, it was a guy explaining on how, like, I, I don't... I, I don't even know if Einstein did this. Did he talk about um, the fuck is it called? It's where you bend space and you go through a hole. Is that a warp hole or some shit? What is that called? Like, what's the technical term? Uh, wormhole. Wormhole. That's what it is. But you, when you, when you talk about exceptionally, it's flat. But in the movie, it was like looked like a sphere. Oh, yeah, every movie has to have the bit where, oh, imagine you have the piece of paper, then fold the piece of paper in half and stick the pencil through it, oh. I don't sound too excited there, bub. The, uh, what was... It might only be, like, was, two movies. It's in, uh, um, I couldn't tell you, but what was the... Was that Einstein that came up with that theory, or what? Your yawning tells me, yeah. yeah, yes, it was him. I, I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, Did before he? Einstein, everyone was pretty well working with Newton and Galileo and Descartes. Uh, you know like about Descartes. space being pretty standard. He's he's pretty good. Uh, what, so what was the question? Then, uh, yeah, the being able to fold and bend spaces and time is kind of Einstein's bag. Yeah. Uh, I think in Thor they called the portal of Einstein Rosenbridge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they slapped his name on uh on the wormhole there. Einstein Rosenbridge. Really, whatever. really, everyone just like yeah, really, everyone just likes wormhole. I do like wormhole. Cool. Like if I could take a wormhole to work every day, that'd be nice. The, the uh, so then. What's the what what what's up with the fucking black hole then? Is there any like value in talking about that? Oh, Cause, uh, that, that... so so uh, the way Einstein proved that he was right to everyone, the way he got his name in the papers and stuff, and like experimentally proved all of his wacky ideas, uh, was astronomically. There was. I I forget what exactly happened astronomically. If it was like transfer of Mercury or 
uh, the sun eclipsing some other star or something. But the idea was that the stars should lurk, should look a certain way, right? It should be pretty static. But if something big and heavy, like a planet or a star, moved towards the light coming from a star, then Einstein says that that gravity is going to attract the... Well... <clears throat> Light is weird, but Light's it doesn't weird. have it doesn't have any mass. It shouldn't be affected by gravity. Uh, but Einstein says, "Hey, look, and you'll see that it is that when you look at it at this one specific case of something transferring something else." that the light is going to warp because of the presence of a gravity well in front of it. And it's not because of something Newtonian. It's not because the, the light has mass that's being affected by the gravity. It's that the gravity is bending the space that the light is moving through. Okay. And okay. Then the light uh, that it's going through. Uh, I mean, that makes. I might have to sit on that because that kind of just fucked with me a little. Explain it again. Uh. Or maybe just better yet, we advise our listeners to just go to Wikipedia and fucking... Imagine you have an iPad, and there's... But it's a bendy iPad. It's, like, made out of rubber. Okay. It's like, it's like you can just wiggle it around like a piece of paper. Okay. Uh, now, you can make the dot move not by dragging it on the screen, but by folding and wiggling the screen. Does that make any sense? Like a follow if, 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 you, if you draw a dot on a piece of paper, you can't drag the dot along and move it with your finger, but you can, but you, can you can wiggle the piece of paper, right? You, you can't use gravity to bend light, but you can bend the space that it's moving through. Yeah, you're not moving the soccer ball. You're, I don't know how you're moving the soccer field. Yeah. At least I think that's the gist of it. Now, normally, flight isn't bent too much by Earth's gravity or the sun's gravity or something. There was the light from some star that was bent by something or another that got Einstein's stuff proved and big and famous. But uh, uh, you now imagine if you had a really, 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 really big mass and it kept bending the light. 
Well, let's yeah. go back to thinking about Newton's canon, right? Where if the canon is powerful enough, it'll shoot all the way around the Earth and hit itself in the back of the head. Imagine if the light isn't just bent. It's more bent. It's more bent. It gets heavier and heavier. It's more bent. It's more bent. And it's bent in a fucking circle. And then it's getting in a tighter and tighter circle. If you had something that was so massive, that had so much mass, that it bent all the space around itself so that light and nothing could get out. That's the black hole. That's why it's black, me because no light gets out of it. It just gets sucked in and never leaves. Yeah. How does a guy in the fucking 19, you know, early 20th century with, you know, no computers, no AI, no, like, you know, four, you know, I mean, he had forefathers, right? He had, like, Isaac Newton and shit, and he's building off of him. But it's like, how do you, how does a mind think like that? You know, like, oh, yes, I'm in the vacuum of space, and I just imagine a black hole. It's like, what the hell? And then, like, how do you even start he's not the, math on that? He's not the poster child of genius for no reason. Uh, I think the old stories he would tell were like, oh, well, if you're sitting in a train at the station, and then the train starts to move. And in that moment, you're not sure whether the train's moving or the station's moving. Or imagine you're in an elevator, and then the cable's cut and you start to fall. You don't yeah. think you're falling, you think you're floating in space and that the elevator's standing still. Because you're falling at the same rate. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And then you get into this stuff with time dilation, where it's it's like two observers can disagree on what's happening. You get it. You get into all these uh, frames of references and stuff. It depends where you're standing and how fast you're moving and blah 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 blah. Yeah, how how did you do it? Uh, wouldn't you like to know, Weather Boy? I, I would like to know which is the crazy part. But I, I guess they just, maybe they were on drugs and they, you know, just had out of this world thoughts. That sounds more realistic. Regardless, I mean, this was this is a topic that's just kind of hard to wrap my head around because I'm over here like you gotta you gotta spend this guy spent his entire life trying to prove these theories and do this stuff. It's like what the hell? So I I, don't know, I think it's it's crazy. The uh, question I wanted to follow up on though, Brett, was knowing all of this stuff. Is there like an engineering application that you could kind of think of that would be that would base base all this stuff on the principles that we just kind of discussed like time dilation uh you know 
E equals MC Square, all that cool shit. I mean, I know we, I, I, we talked about Ringworld in the part one episode, and that one didn't really use. They uses momentum, not gravity. I didn't know if you could think of anything. There is, of course, a lot of it involved in nuclear stuff, like we mentioned. Uh, um, it's a load action. It's not one that, you know, oh, hey, let me just answer real quick. It's like, we gotta sit and ponder this. Well, like I, I mentioned, the uh, uh, clocks on satellites for global positioning system you have to know where and when everything is exactly but since there's a measurable difference there due to first gravity field uh you gotta know that that's one good example uh I mean, most of the time we're pretty happy with our uh, frame of references and our sublight speeds and stuff uh there are some applications, you know, maybe not a ton in daily life, but that's like saying, oh, well, uh, another day of not using algebra, ha ha. Like, what did like, I learn that for it, so it, that it, you it, could uh, reap the benefits of the modern world? Yeah, like, like because of it, like, we know lots of stuff about age of the universe and all that, which is good uh better understanding of the motion of the solar system and blah 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 yeah um, but i think that that kind of beautifully wraps up our you know it's part two i mean hopefully somebody learned something nick cage is over here you know coming up with new theories of relativity and making really crappy moves so I I don't have any closing remarks. You got any closing remarks? The next time you experience your local fields of space-time, take a moment and thank Nick Cage for his contributions to modern science. For uh, yes. the next time you use GPS, just remember that uh, without him, uh your GPS would just be barely off enough to be really and really annoying. <laughs> All right. And with that note, I think we'll call it good. Bye guys.